This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Welcome back to Becky Wall Daily, presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross, Joe Ostrowski, and Aaron Hawksworth here with you. And joining us now, as he does each and every Wednesday, is Brad Spielberger of Pro Football Focus. Brad, we got to talk about what happened last week uh, in that Packers-Lions game as Christian Watson lost out on being the game's receiving leader at 7-1 by one yard to Amon Ra St. Brown. Is this the worst beat of the year for you? Oh, it mm. is. Uh, it was definitely frustrating, definitely annoying. You know, it was interesting because a part of the analysis there was game script, and that was obviously not accurate, you know, with how the game ultimately played out. We just got a very strong, you know, first drive. You probably had 50, 60 receiving yards on the scripted plays. And then the, the you know, the, the game script actually worked against us there. I hope people also took some other bets. I did play an 80-plus yarder, too, so I kind of came out like net even. Um, not even, a little bit up. But anyway, uh, I, unfortunately, <laughs> the, the specific bet we talked about was a loser by a yard. Uh, that, that was tough to swallow. Well, let's just keep it with Green Bay because they've got a big matchup against the Chiefs, and this number's come down a little bit. goes from seven inside that key number of seven down to six and a half. Uh, so Green Bay, are you buying? What is what is it? Is it the schedule softening up a little bit? But then you know you come out with that Detroit win. Uh, is it more that we should look at what the defense is doing? As they were just heating up uh, Jared Goff last Thursday, man. Yeah, against a really good offensive line that's been playing, you know, at the top of their game, and Rashawn Gary continues to get healthier, play more snaps, and still be remarkably efficient as an edge rusher. I mean, beating a guy like Panay Sewell pretty consistently in this game. You know, Taylor Decker's a good player as well, not quite Sewell level, but he beat them both. And I think that is going to show up against Donovan Smith and uh, Jawan Taylor in this Chiefs matchup as well. You know, those guys have struggled this year, but also in particular, the bendier, speedier edge rushers, the stand-up guys like Rashawn Gary have given them fits. It's why, you know, Jawan Taylor stands, you know, offset from the line of scrimmage almost. And there's all this, you know, false start talk and all these things. It's these type of guys that give him trouble. So as it relates to buying Green Bay, I also think, yes, because really – they were shooting themselves in the foot a lot of the time with, look, every single pass catcher on this team is a sophomore or a rookie. Uh, you know, like you have a young offensive line getting a bunch of starts that are also first year or second year players. And of course, Jordan Love is learning the game. So I didn't think they were deficient in talent or they were as bad as they were during that losing streak. I also don't think they were quite as good as their hot start, but I think it's more just, you know, their penalties have gone down, their mistakes have gone down, guys are not running the wrong routes, and you're seeing fewer miscommunications. So, yeah, I think it's real. I think they are, you know, a, a plucky wildcard potential type team because they're just maturing in front of our eyes over the course of the season. 
Yeah, it's been fun to watch. I want to ask you about tomorrow night, Seahawks at Dallas. The Cowboys have been really good at home. We know that. But in my opinion, it's like, congratulations. You beat up on the Giants, Panthers, and Commanders. That's what you were supposed to do. It would be weird if you didn't do that. But on the flip side, what is going on with the Seahawks team? Like, I can't figure them out. They're on a two-game skid. Are they going to get up for this game, or is this just going to be another blowout? This spread, uh, eight and a half, nine, depending on where you're looking. Uh, what what interests you in this matchup tomorrow night? You know, I was a huge Seahawks backer coming into the year. Um, we probably talked about division futures, which are obviously dead, but even just, you know, eight and a half, you know, regular season win total, kind of a lie. They do have a pretty tough slate the rest of the season going forward. But it's interesting. Like, the offensive line has obviously been the, the bigger problem. They've had injuries. You got Jason Peters, you know, a legend, probably a Hall of Famer, but when your your right tackle's 42 years old, probably not the ideal setup for you, <laughs> um, you know, in today's right. NFL. And so it's going to be an interesting matchup with a team he used to play for uh, for a little bit in Dallas. And, of course, a guy like a Michael Parsons is going to give him fits. But to me, in particular in the Niners game, like I thought DK Metcalf played one of the worst games I've ever seen him play. I think JSN, the rookie, has just not really elevated this offense as much as you would like. Um, you know, has really – they've started to throw to him downfield. There's been more production there. But the first month or two of the season, he was just exclusively like a screen guy, underneath guy. You know, and that's not really what he was at Ohio State. I get he's a smaller player, but I just haven't liked how they've deployed him either. And maybe it's more him than them. So – it's just like they're like the good players they do have are just not playing to the level they need to. And then the defense, we probably talked about it. I, I thought the Leonard Williams trade just – they got a pass because they had a good record when they made the trade. It, it was a dumb trade. It, it, the defense has been getting gashed since then. He's made no difference to the team. And they give up a second and a fifth round pick for a rental player. You know, it, it's just funny. I know I'm, it's probably the Bears fan of me talking. But it was a bad trade that no one talked about because they were 6-3 and three when they made it. <laughs> Yeah, a bit of a trickle-down effect uh, when it comes to uh, all the problems the uh, Seahawks are experiencing right now. Let's talk about the game of the week here. 49ers and Eagles. The books can't agree on the number. Currently, BetMGM, uh, it's 49ers minus three, but it is a juice plus three for Philadelphia. Uh, when should we pounce on this? Should we pounce on this? Is there something else in this game that we should look at? Yeah, you know, I get why. I suppose I get why, you know, the Eagles at 10-1 and 1 are still an underdog here. You know, the underlying metrics are not super strong for them at this point. The first half against Buffalo was ugly. I was actually in Philadelphia at the tailgate uh, and then had to drive home in the rain after standing in the freezing cold uh, and rain for yeah. the tailgate for, for a buddy's birthday party. But anyway, uh, that, that's irrelevant. So, like, <laughs> I, I do think, like, the slow start and the sloppiness of their offense – um, at least I understood it to a degree, but we've seen it too much at this point. Um, and so I understand why the Niners are a road favorite here. At the same time, you know, the Niners offensive line, like forget Brock Purdy, the offensive line still gives me concern. They are going to get the ball out super quick. They're going to attack these linebackers and put them in conflict over the middle and do all the things that they do. And that is a weak spot and a soft spot for Philadelphia in particular. So I get why the spread is what it is. I just come back to if the game script, it, it, they're, they're so game script dependent, where if they're down against Philadelphia in this matchup and have to throw the ball a bunch, hold on to the ball more, and, and sit back in pockets, I think you're going to see a lot of pressure from this defensive line. Um, I'm kind of waiting to see more health. Is Jalen Carter okay? Is Fletcher Cox okay? Is Lane Johnson going to play in this game? 
you know, Nick Bosa lines up on that right side or oppose, you know, opposite the right tackle uh, a ton. So I'm kind of waiting here, but I don't hate the idea of teasing Philadelphia out to eight and a half. You know, I, I just don't see this game falling outside of a touchdown, no matter who wins it. Man, Brad, there are some disgusting point spreads to the point where you you kind of need to consider the underdog, but I don't know that you want to pull the trigger. Like we've got games where it's like Tampa Bay, five and a half, six. Should, should they really be favored by that number over any team? Like Pittsburgh, okay, you look good. You hit that 400-yard mark, but you know what? You should have scored a lot more points against Cincinnati. And really, should you be five, five and a half, six? Uh, that number's come down a little bit. The Chargers, as frustrating as they are, they're six-point favorites. Uh, I, you can call them ugly favorites or ugly dogs. Are you interested in any of these these lines where it's like it's really tough to lay that much, but it's also difficult to take these these offenses that can't move the ball? Yeah, no doubt about it. The, the one that jumps out to me, I think, is a bit of an overreaction because they got, you know, the, the break speed off them is the Arizona Cardinals plus five and a half against Pittsburgh. Um, you know, obviously the Rams killed them. I understand that they did not play well at all. Kyler Murray has not looked good so far, you know, but I think you are to a degree just betting on him, getting his feet under him and continuing to play better ball. He really has not scrambled much at all. Like forget design runs. He hasn't scrambled a ton. And so you almost are kind of taking a risk of betting he's going to do that in this game because he's going to need to, you know, against a very, very good Steelers defensive line. But I just come back to Pittsburgh secondary you know, outside of a Joey Porter Jr., maybe we get a Minka Fitzpatrick here, is not talented. It's not good. And I think you are going to see a Marquise Brown, a Michael Wilson, a Trey McBride. In particular, Trey McBride's probably a guy I'd keep an eye on for props. Um, the, the linebackers have been getting decimated with injury in Pittsburgh, and I think he'll be a focal point here. But but that is the dog. Among all those ugly dogs you just mentioned, um, I, I like Arizona plus five and a half here in this game. Broncos at Texans is interesting. A couple of teams on the outside looking in in terms of the playoff picture right now. This spread at three and a half, total 46 and a half, 47 and a half. Anything you like in this matchup? Yeah, this is a this was a jump on spot for me right away when it was at three on Sunday night. Uh, was the biggest bet of the week for me uh, on uh, you know the, the the Houston Texans <laughs> here, and, and so. You know, we've talked a bunch about the Broncos and, and, and kind of how they've looked the last couple of weeks. What, the five-game win streak right now? But um, one of the flukier five-game win streaks I, I think you'll see this season, the fumble recovery stretch they've had is insane. They've recovered nine fumbles over the last five weeks. I saw a stat. I, I should remember who the tweet was. But, oh, it was uh, Brett Coleman. 25% of opponent drives over the last five weeks against the Broncos have ended in a turnover. Um, which is insane. Wow. And, and you look at the underlying metrics of what they're actually doing. The Broncos offense is 20th in EPA per play over the last five weeks and 21st in success rate. Houston is third in yards per play over the last same five game sample, um, trailing only Dallas and San Francisco. And then even the Denver defense, I get they're creating turnovers. They're playing better. They're 30th in success rate allowed over this five game win streak in particular. Like they're not even playing good football outside of all of the turnovers, which are going to regress back to normal. So I love Houston in this spot. I would still take it at three and a half. I, I think this is a, a, a big mismatch in this matchup. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. 
Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. What are we supposed to make of the Cleveland Browns here? Because, yes, they have had quarterback issues seemingly all season long, but at least the defense was reliable. Well, guess what, folks? Defenses have variants, and they're not as predictable from one week to the next. And now tack on to that some key injuries here. What are your projections for the Browns going forward? They're taking on the Rams or three and a half point dogs. That's one thing. But the Browns, you know, they are still in playoff contention, I suppose. What are we supposed to make of them? Yeah, the Miles Garrett thing is a huge, huge concern. I know he's trending positive now, was wearing the sling for his shoulder, you know, right after the game, but it sounds like he's been, you know, the, the prognostic uh, the prognosis has been better going forward this week, but he's arguably the most important defensive player to any team in the NFL. He's probably the best defensive player in the NFL. Um, and, and so when you take him out, like I do like other pieces they have there, um, you know, on the defensive line, but also, of course, a good secondary. But at the same time, like Denzel Ward has been dinged up at times. They've had other injuries Miles Garrett would be absolutely destroying Alaric Jackson or whoever's playing right tackle for or left tackle for the Rams. But without knowing his full status, I, I struggle there. They could still find a way. I think they could still sneak in as a wild card. But yeah, they've been a quietly very healthy team outside of quarterback. Uh, Amari Cooper is also banged up, which is a massive concern for me. I don't know if I'm betting the Rams, but I'm certainly avoiding the Cleveland Browns just because of the uncertainty there. You know, we were taking a look at the uh, the top six teams in, in the odds board, and there's a massive drop-off for the Super Bowl. And it, it's tough, like, to, to go beyond that. Like, if you're not buying into the Lions right now with the way they're playing, especially defensively, I certainly understand that. And, okay, maybe you can make a case for the Bills. I've made a case for the Bills still making the playoffs, even though everybody left them for dead going into their bye. But if they make it, that's a team that is is very scary. I mean, it's the wildcard teams are terrible. Right. Like we we went into this year thinking, oh, the AFC is so deep. It's pretty bad on both sides. Um, can you make a case where you think any team now we're saying beyond 10 to one. So after after that Dallas range, those top three teams in each conference, can you make a case for any of them making noise in the playoffs? Is there a team outside of the Bills that nobody would want to match up with early on? Yeah, there's only one to me because I agree. I think it is a clear top six in the NFL right now. And yeah, the AFC wildcards, I thought were going to be like contenders and it's not looking that way at all. The only Mm -hmm. one for me, and it's unfortunate because they just lost their left tackle and Cam Robinson for the next month or so, is still the Jacksonville Jaguars. I'm probably 
clinging to a prior that I shouldn't and probably still like them more than I should, um, in particular because their pass protection has not been good enough. Um, and now they lose, you know, their starting left tackle, who's a force in the run game, um, which also has been dreadful. Um, so I just think if they get back to health, I still am just a believer that right now they're being forced to because of poor protection. Lawrence has to get the ball out lightning quick, go to his first read. Beyond that, things are, are crumbling. And I also just think Press Taylor, their offensive coordinator, is just not good at what he does. So it's kind of like hoping Doug Peterson takes over play calling, hoping they get healthy. But they're the one team on that list that I say, if they get hot, like they, they, they're they talented and, and, and could go on a run. Because I agree, the rest of that list is is not particularly intimidating in any way, shape, or form. Less than a minute left. Is there anything that you like that we left out um, for this week, whether it's tomorrow night or a prop? Yeah, the Detroit Lions. I know I just said I don't view them as a contender, but I, I do like a bounce back game against the Saints here. A ton of injuries in New Orleans. We know Michael Thomas is out. Olave's dinged up. Rashid Shahid's dinged up. Um, you know, guys on defense, you, you no longer have uh, your top corner in Marshawn Lattimore either. I think it's a great get back spot. In particular, this defensive line in New Orleans, you saw it against Atlanta, just got leaned on. And particularly the interior, the guys are just not good enough. And so I think you're going to see a Ben Johnson. Take the ball out of Jared Goff's hands, run the ball 40 times, and just pound it down their throat. Um, and then, you know, Derek Carr in the Saints offense is, is hard to watch. So uh, I, I like the Detroit Lions minus four here. Last question for you. Uh, it wasn't lost on me that you're wearing a Tulane shirt right now. We have an American Conference championship game between your Green Wave and my SMU Mustangs. I would expect trolling from Joe and Aaron, but you too, Brad. You know, I, I wish I did it on purpose. Hey, you know my brother went to SMU. It's a family rivalry as well. So, That's right. you know, it's, it's a great matchup. Uh, roll away, baby. Brad Spielberger, <laughs> Pro Football Focus, thank you so much for your time. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, our plays for championship week in college football right here on the BetQL Network.